Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. As you can tell, here in your ears, I am not Mr. Jolly, and I am not Scotty. Actually, kind of rhymed a little bit. I'm Vince Miracle. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at VM Center. You guys have probably also heard me on Today in Sports Betting here at Hoop-Ball.com. And it looks like I have stepped into the role of being the co-host here of this show. I mean, you actually used to host it before when I was here with Hoopball back like four or five years ago. So it's good to be back. Uh, Scotty, unfortunately... I should mention, is actually now on leave for a little while due to work purposes. So like I said, I'll be stepping in as the co-host. Uh, but yeah, Jolly and I got to take got taken over here. And uh, yeah, guys, excited to be here. And, you know, they jumped me off the right way because I've been a fan of this guy for a minute. You guys have heard his voice. Ethan, what's going on, man? Thanks Appreciate for it. Appreciate it, man. No, what a what a welcome, man. I don't know. I don't know if I could quite live up to that legendary introduction, but I'll do my best to uh to strut my stuff and we'll keep it going on a box score breakdown, man. We got a whole bunch of good games tonight. Uh that Nets that Nets comeback, that Furious comeback against Phoenix just wrapping up as we get ready to tape. So I feel like we should maybe start there with that game or how should we do it? Man, you know, you you, you said it. Let's do it, man. Let's go ahead and hop up into this this Brooklyn Nets versus Phoenix Suns game. Like you said, the Brooklyn Nets come back to win by four. Uh, after trailing by 20 on the road, James Harden did his thing in 36 minutes at 38 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists. Even got a steal in there. Uh, how many three-pointers did he knock down? He knocked out five three-pointers. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, Tyler Johnson surprisingly got 32 minutes in this game. He finished with 17-5. and five. And then Joe Harris, a guy got 31 minutes, got 22 points and four rebounds. Ethan, I don't want to go down fully here, but what were some of the big things just on the Brooklyn side before we have a, head over to Phoenix? Uh, that 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 really stood out to you now that Kyrie and KD both sat out. Well, with both those guys out of the lineup, you know you got Jeff Green coming off the bench for 18 and eight. You got Landry Shaman kicking in 13 points off the bench as well. And you know for Brooklyn, they outscored the Suns by 16 points, 40-24 in the final frame to win by that four point margin, scoring 74 in the second half to Phoenix's 49. So there's a complete shift of momentum, and you know I think this adds sort of uh, some additional juice to the Nets. Uh, sort of title mojo, title uh, Eastern Conference favorites, right? That could be the Nets-Lakers showdown that so many are already anticipating. You know, it surprises me that we have yet to see guys like Noah Vonley get any run. Chioza, I mean, he got 10 minutes, but he hasn't really got much run to fill in any point guard role there. Out of the new guys that are coming in, as we just found out today, that Andre Roberson finally signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Of these guys, do you think any of them are going to find themselves in the rotation come playoff time, or is these just extra heads to add before a trade ultimately gets made where they can get a center that can become either a starting center or a real you know, backup, strong caliber player for, uh, to go behind DeAndre Jordan? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I always think about Nico Claxton in these moments, right? I mean, he's a guy who showed a lot of promise for Brooklyn, and he's He's missed the entire season with his with his injury so far after recovering from offseason surgery, I believe it was. So, you know, he's going to continue to miss some time. But I think they're hoping he could be that player. Largely, I think these guys are just going to be, you know, sort of supporting heads on the bench. But I am interested to see what Andre Roberson looks like, right? I mean, it's been a while since we've seen that. I think he could be somebody who could potentially contribute in the playoffs. He's known to be a defender. Same thing with Iman Shumper. But their games are sort of limited if for no other reason than by their health, but also, you know, offensive limitations as well. Yeah, but fantasy-wise, I don't think there's really anything here that we can really talk about that says, hey, you know, you, you, nothing that you don't already know about this team, right? So let's go ahead and move on over to Phoenix. 
a, a really strong showing, I thought, from from Michael Bridges, at least defensively. We already know what he brings. 37 minutes, had 10.6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Devin Booker put in 36 minutes, had 22 points, 7 assists, and 1 steal. Chris Paul, he took off in that second quarter, man. There was and the, the announcers, I feel like they, they missed this. They didn't even talk about it enough. There was a stretch where Chris Paul had 8 straight points. Did not miss. It went from floater to jumper to jumper. He played 35 minutes today, 29 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, and then DeAndre ate in 34 minutes at 16 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, same question, Ethan. What, what stood out to you for Phoenix? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is that we all kind of sit here every year for the last few years and say, okay, this is Chris Paul's last year being fantasy relevant or being that star, right? We keep doing it and doing it and doing it, but he just keeps doing it, right? Like, yeah. I think he yeah. deserves a lot of credit for his longevity and the ability he's able to produce. He's not LeBron, but he's certainly one of those guys who, despite getting older, continues to find ways to, you know, make the team around him good, and he's still balling. So Chris Paul, for me, he's a guy who wasn't drafted probably for where he was producing in fantasy this year, so I like that. And Oppositely, Devin Booker, you know, I think there have been signs that those who drafted him in like the first round are are hopeful right now that there's something turning the corner. But, you know, 22 points. I like the seven assists, but, you know, you want to see greater production there. But there's there's still room to grow between those two. And I think that's that's the biggest thing with with Phoenix. And, you know, games like this are are good examples of how that growth could benefit the team ultimately as well. I want to ask you about Jay Crowder here. This is back to back games. Oh, 25 minutes or more. In the last three games, we've seen four games since returning back from injury. He's played 26, 33, 25, and tonight he played 30. But the last two games, man, he's had a total of seven three-pointers and 27 points and 15 rebounds in those two games. He's only owned in 33% of Yahoo leagues. Is he a, a must-add player now, seeing that he's he's stepped right back into his role and seeing big minutes again? I think you look at it and you see that Cameron Johnson only played 18 and a half minutes. Frank Kaminsky was nowhere to be found, you know, at, m missing an action there. So that's a guy who was clearly taking a backseat, at least in this matchup. So it's definitely encouraging for Jay Crowder. He's a guy who has, who I've always liked, right, in reality or fantasy. Kind of was rooting for him to sign with the Lakers throughout the offseason as well. Obviously, that didn't work out. But he's a guy who can give you a few points. He can give you a few triples. He can contribute defensively a little bit here and there. And he's not really going to hurt you. I mean, I, I really like Jay Crowder. And if he's going to be playing these minutes, yeah, I think he should be on more fantasy rosters. Who do you think needs to be owned more, Jay Crowder or Danny Green? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I had the pleasure of watching Danny Green and his one and done with the Lakers. So, you know, my opinion may be biased here, but I, I just I like Jay Crowder uh, unless you're going to tell me that one of Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons is going to miss time. Then Danny Green's appeal grows. But with those two in the lineup, I, I like the path trait uh, Jay Crowder is on and. When Danny Green's cold, man, he's he's just cold. Yeah, he, you just got to hopefully find him. and He's just a streaming option, you know what I mean? You need some threes. Maybe you need a steal or two. You need to stay competitive. It's coming down to a Sunday, and he's there. That, that That's the type of guy. But I think you can hold on to a Jay Crowder and just see how long he can keep knocking down threes and, and maybe keep adding to those defensive stats and rebounds. Look, and when it comes to Danny Green, since February has started, He's had more than three three, or he I should say he's had at least three threes in a game just twice, and he scored in double digits just twice. He's not doing a whole lot else, so you yeah. know. He's, 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 he's Danny, he's Danny I, know, I know. If you if you realize the awkward silence, I just realized because I was staring at Vince on the screen and I kind of just shrugged my shoulders like, eh, hey, you know. But I realized it didn't translate audibly on the podcast. So now you're walking through the decision-making process here <laughs> only on hoop-ball.com. So, you know, we bring it to you raw, real, live, and authentic. We're, we're men of the people. That's how we like to keep it that way. So, yeah, he's kind of like one of those, you know, shrugs in my culture. I'm Jewish. And we go, yeah, you know, it's all right. But, you know, I think like Vince described, you need a Sunday streaming option, something you're down three three-pointers, you hope for the best, great. I like Jay Crowder more than Danny Green. This next game, man, and I'm going to run it down. I, I Honestly, I, I don't know if I'm going in time order. Obviously, I know we're not because we just started off with this Nets game that just wrapped up. But I mean, I'm, we had to, though. We right, right, to. right. We were watching it. FanDuel was on the line. By the way, I actually only finished it with 50 bucks. So I lost. Well, I, mean, I mean, but on three, the three, no, three dollars, right? You can't be mad on the three dollars. That's almost seventeen times your money. So yeah. you know it's hard can't to complain mad. about that. Can't be mad. Take cash that out. Throw it into the stock market tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but this next game that I have listed down here from the NBA app, we got 
the Boston Celtics going up against the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets fall 99 to 112. They were missing some key pieces though, like Paul Millsap was out. Will Barton's still out. Gary Harris is still out. So you got to see these mix of guys, right? And the player that I want to start off with in just a moment after I read down these stat lines is going to be Compazzo, right? And that's the first name we're going to bring up here. He played 39 minutes today, Ethan. He had 15 points, three rebounds, eight assists, two steals, and a block on five of 12 shooting. Wow, the guy played played great at getting real minutes for the first time, I think, this season, above 25. Nikola Jokic played 27, 37 minutes, did his thing. 43 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and a block, doing MVP numbers. Jamal Murray came came alive again today, 33 minutes, 25 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 steals. And lastly here that I want to bring up is Michael Porter Jr. He played 24 minutes, didn't score a single point. He went 0 for 8 from the field. He had 7 rebounds and 3 assists. What stands out to you the most here from this Denver team? Well, you know, look, I think... Still that the idea of Michael Porter Jr. is better than the reality of him. I've been saying for a long time, I think he's more valuable to the Nuggets in a trade than he will be around Jokic and Murray. But I'm I'm not seeing anything to come off that stance. I'm intrigued by the idea. I just need to see it. And obviously a z- zero-point effort is not seeing it. I want to go back to Composo because, you know, he did play 25, almost 26 minutes in the blowout win over the Lakers the other night as well. So, you know, we, we kind of take that with a grain of salt, right, because it was a blowout. But that said, over his last couple of games, he's averaging 15 points, two rebounds, six assists, two steals, two and a half threes, and he's nine and 20 from the field. So it's 45%. All things considered, if he's going to be playing those kind of minutes in the interim with the Nuggets banged up, he's definitely a guy who I feel like should merit additional consideration because, you know, obviously there are going to be a lot of people who are still familiar with this game and the Nuggets had to fly underneath the radar anyway. I think he's a guy who's definitely fantasy relevant in 12-team leagues if he's getting this playing time and this level of production, though. Over, under, 8% after these last two games on percentage owned in Yahoo leagues. As of right now, he sits at 2. After today's game, heading into tomorrow, and I'll even give you till Thursday, over, under, 8%. Over. Yeah, you got to, right? You got to add him, especially... When Yahoo, the Yahoo app, I believe they're ran by by uh, Roto World, right? They they have it saying that you should be going to go pick him up right now, as he's only owned in one percent of leagues. So there you go, there. Yeah, I you like- know, as soon as somebody comes across those blurbs as a must-own kind of guy, you know, it, it, it's all it's it's, it's everybody swoop. runs to the wire, and you know, ultimately, a lot of people pick up players retroactively based on their production instead of projecting forward. But again, if the if the level of opportunity is going to be there then the production can certainly come along with it in his case. Last one before we move on here to Boston, and, and you hit on it a little bit, and it's Michael Porter Jr. Is this a buy-low moment for fantasy owners, or is, are you going to stamp him with the, somebody else's headache? I mean, for me, somebody else's headache. He's scored double digits just twice twice all month. He He does, you know, he has been blocking shots, which is – giving him some level of value, obviously, in the interim while he's struggling to score the basketball. So over his last, you know, handful of games, he's got, what, four, six, eight, nine, or, you know, like nine or ten steals here, four, six, eight, eleven, sorry, over his last one, two, three, four, five, six. So almost two blocks a game over his last six games. So that's helping his value. But unless he's scoring in double digits, unless he's hitting three-pointers, it's going to be hard for him to get any kind of near return on investment for you had to draft him just based on the name value. I mean – a guy like Kyle Kuzma, at least over the last couple of weeks, has actually been a better bet for your fantasy team. Okay, okay. Currently sitting right now, it looks like they do have Porter Jr. ranked 39th overall as an average ranking uh, right here is what I'm looking at. But I think this is a good buy-low moment, man. And, and I, I agree with you, though. I think I would also stamp him with someone else's headache. I like Michael Porter Jr., but I just don't feel like this is the right team for him. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on that. They think that the Nuggets is a good fit. But for me, I think he would be better on a team that will, like, I, I honestly, I think the Pacers would be a great team for him. Somewhere that they, they, they just need that next score next to them, especially with LeVert out right now. Obviously, they already got, you know, TJ Warren as well. That's also out. That's like one of my favorite teams. Or, dare I say, a deal could be made with the Kings. And I, I think he would be a perfect piece in Sacramento. I'm just throwing that out there, guys. And what, what's what's the trade you have in mind? Just out of curiosity, because I have one in mind as well. 
I, I'm, I mean, there's so many options here because I mean, it just depends on what we can. Do. I mean, Harrison Barnes is going to be the key piece, I think, because you have to give you have to give something that's locked down, you know, that gives them stability defensively, also a knockdown shooter, a veteran leadership heading into the playoffs, a, a, a person that's been to the finals. So he knows he's how to work. He's, he's a nuggetsy kind of player. Exactly, exactly. So I think he's involved in that deal. I, I would, but with that said, I know there's going to need to be more in it, and of it's course. probably it's probably going to have to be Marvin Bags, bro. And honestly, I'm okay. I'm I, I'm giving that package. Give me, look, give me Gary Harris and Michael Porter Jr. and I'll give you Marvin Bagley and Harrison Barnes. Are you hanging up the phone, or are we having a discussion throughout the weekend? Uh, I'll I'll text I'll text you back. I don't know if I'm <laughs> taking the call, but I'll text you back. Let me put it like that. But I, I I would pick up the phone if I were Denver. I would pick up the phone and call Washington and say, when you get serious about trading back, uh, Brad, talk to us because we'll send you Michael Porter Jr. in a deal. Yeah, but what other contracts are they going to throw in there though? To the Wizards or or from yeah, the or- Wizards to the Nuggets. No, for the for the Nuggets to they have to match that contract. Throw in Gary Harris's deal. Throw in Will Barton's deal. Oh, so you're gonna give up the depth for I mean Bradley Bill's worth it, man. That I mean I I, I mean if you're telling me I could turn Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, and Will Barton into Bradley Beal. You got that first deal though. Beal, Jokic, and Murray, I, I feel like I'm giving myself a pretty damn good chance of doing something. I'm telling you this right now. The Wizards are not taking nothing less than a first round pick. They want a first. You you giving the you giving them a first two in Denver. You gonna give them that first two? If I take out if I'll take out Barton and I'll put in Millsap. <laughs> what about Jamichael Green instead of Millsap? No. Well, good thing this isn't a real call because now <laughs> now this is where this is where this is where when I'm Washington I'm Washington now and I say I'll hit you back tomorrow. Uh, in, in ter- look, in terms in terms of the Nuggets and the on-court product, I think the thing that stands out to me, honestly, from this box score is the fact that Jokic put up 43 and they scored 99 as a team. So that's not going to be a model that they can really sustain and be able to expect success regularly, especially when Murray puts up 25. So they had 68 of the 99. The Nuggets need more than that. I know there are some guys out. But Jamichael Green only had two points in his uh, 28 and a half minutes tonight as well. So, you know, credit to the Celtics defensively, but it's, that's not going to get it done on the Nuggets side. Yeah, nugget, Nuggets are such a tough tough team to always, like, gauge how they're going to play from night to night. But that's yeah. but hopefully in the playoffs, like they were last year, they'll be feisty. You know what I mean? So now let's move over to the Boston side as they win, again, 112 to 99. And this is Box Score Breakdown presented by Hoop-Ball.com. Ethan and I, Vince Miracle, are going to just keep going down these scores. And, again, we're here at Boston versus Denver, Boston getting the win. Here on the Boston side, Jalen Brown, 36 minutes, 27 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Just, again, putting on a phenomenal season this year. Jason Tatum, 32 minutes, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. Kemba Walker. Again, seeing little strides every bit, every game. His scoring starting to get better and better. He's starting to find his legs again. 31 minutes, 17 points, 4 assists. And then Ojale, man, played 29 minutes and an 8 and 5. But this is the big one. And I think this is what's key for this team success down the playoffs. And that's their play from their center position. I'm going to go through both of them, man. Tristan Thompson played 27 minutes, 9 points, and 12 boards. And then the Time Lord, Robert Williams, played 20 minutes and had 8 points, 8 rebounds. Two assists, but the best part of this line, Ethan, five steals. What are your thoughts on the Boston side? So I love Robert Williams. I'm a big Time Lord fan. I feel like I picked him up and cut him in terms of fantasy teams 20 times this year already. Mm. So he is definitely that guy when it comes to, you know, just his overall production. He's not going to have that level of consistency, but you love the defensive appeal. Uh, Ojale is going to continue to play big minutes with Tice out of the lineup. I don't know that I'd be, you know, adding him on fantasy teams, but he'll certainly continue to play the minutes. I, I think Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams, if you told Danny Ainge before the season that, hey, you're going to have those two on the roster and they're going to combine for uh, 17 points and 20 rebounds, he's going to be like, all right, sold, you know. So Jalen Brown, for me, he's the guy where I know so many others have uh, deserving candidates. I think he's the guy who's obviously not necessarily on the MVP radar right now. But I think he should win most improved player. I, I just continue to be so impressed by Jalen Brown. Oh my gosh, Jalen Brown, man. I can't I couldn't believe 
that there were conversations of even trading him for a little while, like those little itty bitty conversations on is it time to trade him? That that's Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is the future. I mean, they're they're both they're they're the best under twenty five duo in the league. I don't think it's particularly close. And those are two guys who are going to grow together for a long time, and the Celtics can continue to build around. So they really can't screw it up because they got something special there. How old is Jokic Murray? Ooh, that's a great question. Let's see. Jokic. Let's look it up. Jokic is born in 1995. Holy crap, I'm old. So he's he's 25 because – or he's turning. He's actually turning 26 this week. Okay. So and then, and then Jamal Murray is 23. Okay. So they, they're disqualified from the 25 and under conversation. For, no, they still got a week, bro. In that week, who, uh, who are you taking for the week? Who would you be taking? Honestly, I'm gonna take Tatum and Brown. Yeah, that's crazy. Say that I, one. I say that like one more time. Say that one more time with me. your chest. Say that one more time with your chest. Who are you taking? I'm gonna take Tatum and Brown. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like one of those trades to me. Where you know Jokic is, is going to be the best player overall, but I feel like I'm getting two and three, and I don't think the gap between one and two is is, is all that uh, far off, and the gap between two and three ain't that far off either. You don't think the gap between one and two is far? You're telling me that you think that Jason Tatum in the next three years, two years, is going to be in the running for MVP? Jason Tatum within the next three years can be an MVP candidate. Yes. Do you think Jason Tatum is going to be the same MVP candidate as like a Paul George MVP candidate? Yes, and I think Jalen Brown will be the better overall player. I agree with you 100% there. Now, before we move on to this next game, and we were talking about the Time Lord, but this conversation just got way better than them. Uh, Time Lord's still not owned by a lot of people, right? Under 10%. He's actually 9% owned right now in, in Yahoo Leagues. With Tice now out, and we saw him get 20 minutes, and it seems like that's really all he needs. He needs 18 to 20 minutes a game. He'll get you a block and a half, a steal and a half a game, maybe like even six and six in terms of points and rebounds. Who would you rather own knowing that they're now slotted into minutes, Robert Williams or JaVale McGee? Mm, Robert Williams. Just because, I mean, they're the, the – you see how you see how they could be like looked at as the same, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, and all you need from JaVale is one of those quarters where he puts up eight points, six rebounds, and two blocks in the span of eight minutes to make it worth your time. But like you said, if Robert Williams is gonna play twenty minutes, there's no reason he can't put up, you know, six points, seven, eight rebounds, two, three blocks, handful of steals even. So that kind of defensive upside is I think just a little bit higher than JaVale's. So I, I like I like Robert Williams. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so too. But I, I really don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Both of them only need around 20 minutes. So if one gets snagged up, the other one's probably still available. So go and get him there. We move on to the next game here, Ethan. Pelicans and Grizzlies. This was my lock of the day for for the, the hoop ball gaming side. I have three units on this one, which doesn't tell you how much money I actually have. But just know that even in my write-up for this, on the wager pass, I said I am heavy on the Pelicans, and I'm surprised that it is a pick'em game on this one. Pelicans win this game, 144 to 113. Note there was no money line. Both sides said minus 110. There was no spread. That was the spread for this game. We head into the box score here. Let's go ahead and start with the winning team because I, I I I thought they played phenomenal. Brandon Ingram, 31 minutes, 22 points, four rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and a block. Gave you a full stat sheet there. Zion Williamson, 28 minutes, 31 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. Again, those defensive stats are gorgeous. Lonzo Ball continues to play better uh, since coming back from injury. 13 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 steals. Again, defense was present. And lastly, we had Steven Adams here with 23 23 minutes. He had 8 points, 7 rebounds, but 3 steals and 2 blocks. I don't want to go down everything here because we can also talk about Josh Hart's 27 minutes off the bench, right? But what completely stands out to you here, Ethan? Well, I think that Josh Hart, I mean, 27 points and nine rebounds off the bench. Part of that is a product of the score, but that's obviously huge for anyone who scooped him up recently to use him, especially with those out-of-position uh, rebounds. And then for me, it's Zion Williamson. I mean, Zion continues to contribute defensively, and that's something that's really elevated his fantasy ceiling and, and making that sort of 
third or even fourth round pick worth it because without those defensive stats, his his value isn't what it could be otherwise. So very encouraging to see 31-7-6 from him in just 28 and a half minutes. Did you know, fun fact about Josh Hart, he averages more rebounds per game than the star, the big body of Zion Williamson? It's it's not you know what? Here's the thing. Zion it's it's not unlike any sort of young athlete across any sport, right? Like I'm a huge Mets fan. I'm a huge baseball guy. And one of the reasons that Noah Syndergaard can't keep runners on base is because he grew up throwing heat, so nobody was ever on base against him, right? Same thing with Zion. He never had to box anybody out. He's always the biggest guy on the court in basketball. So the effort around the rim, like he doesn't really need to do much to just be able to get the ball. In the NBA, you got to have that level of effort. And I'm not saying Zion is not out there efforting, but Josh Hart's a guy who crashes the rim for every rebound. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, none of the. I think everyone knows where they are in terms of fantasy value. It's just nice looking at this stat sheet and looking at this Pelicans team click because now you know what they can really do, you know what I mean? And I always think that this team is going to be fun. I think the, the key pieces are Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and I and I and I truly believe that they love Josh Hart out there in New Orleans. They think he's a key piece uh, to that bench and to the future of this team. What are your thoughts on Eric Bledsoe though? Before we move over to the Memphis side, is this a buy low time for him? And also, do you think he's still on the team after the trade deadline? Well, I like the way you asked that because what I was going to say before you put in that second part was I think if you're gonna buy low on Eric Bledsoe, you're buying low with the idea that he might be traded elsewhere. I think it makes sense for the Pelicans to trade at least one of those two right between Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball and get a little bit more shooting in that starting lineup potentially. So I, I like that the idea. I just don't know what you're really comfortable giving up for Bledsoe given the uncertainty in his day to day and in the uncertainty in the overall because he could easily get traded to a team that might put him into a backup role where he plays 20 minutes a night, right? So if that's the case, it doesn't exactly elevate his fantasy ceiling. But if he were to get traded to a team like, I don't know, back to the Clippers, that would make things a little bit more interesting. Oh, that would be, oh, man, that'd be a hitter if that would happen. I would, re- oh, that's a hitter. I like that one. I, what, are, what are your thoughts on this? Who would you rather have, Devontae Graham or Eric Bledsoe? I would rather have Eric Bledsoe because Devontae Graham is just such the strain on field goal percentage, man. It's it's just so hard to see that from him. So I feel like I'd rather have Eric Bledsoe, but for the next week I'd rather I might rather have Devontae Graham, right? Like if you need that immediate production, which I feel like everybody does. So I don't know, maybe I just reverse on that answer and talk myself out of that. I think I might rather have Devontae Graham right now. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm a Devontae Graham fan. Yeah. Oh, pick his game. Yeah, I think his game is not. He just he's he's like you know how like there's levels to things. There's levels to shooting, and he's just below Terry Rozier. Like Terry Rozier is another just volume shooter. Like they're the exact same player in my mind. Just Devontae is just a way better passer. And that's, that's the thing, man. Like I, you know, I think you know he's pretty much always had, or not always, but at least since last season's breakout, he's had the green light, so he doesn't know any better. But yeah. if you really harness his game and put him in a system that that was, let's say, like Spursian, I think Devontae Graham would be a much bigger Spursian. talking point than he currently is. I like the word Spursian. I'm about to start using that now. There you Spursian. go. There you go. My gift from me to you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, look. First show together, already getting gifts. Look at me here. Oh, man, I feel special. Let's move over to the Memphis side. Again, they fall 144 to 113 against these Pelicans. John Morant, highest scoring game since returning from the injury. He played 30 minutes at 28 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, and a disgusting dunk in this game. My goodness. Uh, Dylan Brooks. Uh, can I be honest? Not a huge fan of his game. However, he played a good one tonight. He had 29 minutes, 18 points, four rebounds, and two assists. Jonas Valanciunas, Valanciunas, 28 minutes, 10 re- uh, 10 points, five rebounds, no defensive stats to be seen. And then I I think the pickup, if you already grabbed him, is Kyle Anderson. He played 25 minutes, 19 points, six rebounds, and three assists. What's what stands out to you from Memphis, Ethan? I mean, Kyle Anderson's a guy who I've had on my roster for, for all season, multiple teams. And, you know, if for no other reason early than because we didn't know about Jaron Jackson Jr. And look, man, it's going to be March soon, and we still don't know about Jaron Jackson Jr. So 
I, th- I think Kyle Anderson's a guy you continue to try out there indefinitely. And as far as Dylan Brooks is concerned, I feel like he is what Danny Green is supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, Danny Green can hit down. He can hit a three. I, I'm not gonna. I would rather have Danny Green shoot a three than Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is on the level of Devonte Graham. Like everyone talking. Can I be honest? I I have uh, you know what really grinds my gears is when people say Dylan Brooks is a lockdown defender, bro. He's not a lockdown defender. He's I'm gonna bump you until you feel me, defender. You know that he deals with foul trouble in almost like thirty three or higher percent of his games. Like a third of his games, he's always in foul trouble, and I never know what type of score. Uh, I, I I love I love when people throw around terms like that. Because I'd always say, okay, if Dylan Brooks is a lockdown defender, what is Drew Holiday? Right? To me, that's a lockdown defender. That is Clamp City. Drew Holiday is the mayor of Clamp City. And and Drew's been that way for a long time, right? Like, that's 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 something he prides himself on in terms of his game. To your point, in Dylan Brooks' last three games, he's finished with five, five, and four personal fouls. Yeah. So if anybody comes at me on Twitter at VM Center, I want the smoke. And you tell me that Dylan Brooks is a good defender? <laughs> I'm, 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 taking, I'm taking a star off your basketball card because you don't deserve it no more. The, the, the thing that stood out to me here, Ethan, and I want to get your thoughts, Brandon Clark, he only played 15 minutes. He had eight points, two rebounds, two assists. He did get a steal. Why didn't he get more time? Like, What's going on with him here? Is it just that he's coming back from injury? Is, it, is he still a hold? What's going on with Brandon? Yeah, so, I mean, he's definitely been one of those frustrating players to to sort of ride with this season. Uh, I don't want to say that they were being conservative with an injury because, you know, he, when he came back, he played 21 and a half minutes. That's obviously more than, than he played. But I think part of it tonight was just byproduct of the score, right? I mean, why, why play him in this level of game? So I think he probably would have played, you know, around that 20 to 22 minutes, but just because of the score, uh, he wound up not playing. I'm still holding him. If you got him, I'm still holding him. But it's a few more games like this, and it's going to get a lot harder to keep doing that. Who are you, who are you rather holding, Robert Williams or, or Clark? Brandon Clark. Yeah, I mean, that's easy. I just, you know, I, I just want everyone to know how high we like are. See, like, see how far you can get it going. Yeah, I, I, just want, I just want people to know how high we are on the time war, you know what I mean? Because, you know, he's the lord of time. He's the lord of time. Of course. You know, the next game we got to cover, I'll, I'm going to skip it because – it's the Lakers, and I know we can talk about that for a minute because <laughs> it's the Lakers. Uh, so let's go ahead and go to this game here, man. Portland, they just keep winning, winning basketball. It's fun to watch. And uh, they win 115-104 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Gary Trent Jr., 38 minutes in this game. He had 19 points, one rebound, four assists, and two steals. Roko, man, career-high six blocks in this game in 36 minutes. He also finished with six points. Nine rebounds and five assists. One of his better games of the year. Damian Lillard doing Damian Lillard things. It's Dame time, man. 36 minutes, 31 points, seven rebounds, and 10 assists. And then Ennis Cantor. Man, I thought I was watching Drummond out there, man. He had 21 rebounds. 32 32 minutes, eight points, 21 rebounds. Hey, get this, though. Still no defensive stats. And then Derek Jones Jr. (laughs) 30 minutes, 13 points, seven rebounds, and a block. What stood out to you? Well, I think if you're Portland, you got to love the fact that you got uh, 41 bench points from from a combination of three players, and Melo was the lowest scoring of those three. Shout out to Anthony Simons and and Nasir Little. But you know, on the Portland side, Gary Trent Jr. continues to produce without C.J. McCollum. Obviously, Cantor's 21 boards, like you said. Robert Covington. It's weird that he goes he goes a game without a steal, at least one. You know, that's that's not what he's known for. But I think we'll trade one steal for six blocks on any night. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Roco. For those who listen to today in sports betting, y'all already know that I feel like Vegas under. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's the rates, my boy, Sir Robert Covington. And put the sir in front of his name. He's been knighted 
okay? This guy is the king. He can knock down threes. He has been undervalued and and, and, un, and, and been utilized horribly in Portland because that offense is horrible. I'll be honest. I don't like I don't like watching isolation basketball. It's one of the worst things to see on TV. It's the second worst offense behind watching the Kings offense. Okay, and I'm a Kings and I'm I'm a Kings supporter. Okay, I hate watching this, but I love Robert Williams or Robert Williams. Look, I'm still on him. I love Robert Covington. So Robert Covington is the man. Six blocks, career high. I'll always take that. Is there anybody here though, Ethan? Before we move on to the next team of the Thunder, that hey, if he's still out there keep riding him he's gonna keep getting minutes in this time or everyone knows what everybody knows you know what i mean like I, I like for me i think anthony simons if you just need some scoring on a sunday i think he's the best streaming option here i think mellow is a good sell high candidate but like i don't see much that everybody doesn't already know like what about you no, I think in that sense, portland even when they're at full strength is one of the more predictable teams right so i agree with you on that one yeah it's just it's 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 actually the opposite of the team that they played tonight in the Thunder, where it feels like on any given night, any given player could produce. Some nights Darius Basley looks like a drop candidate. Other nights he's getting 14.6 boards, six assists, a steal, and a block like he did tonight. In fact, he was one of the only Thunder players, you know, worth worth talking about in this one. You you had uh, Lou Dort, who you know continues to produce, especially without SGA in the lineup. 23.6 boards, three assists, and a steal for him in almost 37 minutes. Al Horford was in the lineup with 12 and 5 tonight, but Isaiah Roby with 11 and 10 off the bench in his 24 minutes. So I think that's noteworthy. If Al Horford misses time, if they rest him, whatever the circumstance, Roby always becomes more interesting. And Hamadou Diallo, you know, he comes off the bench where he plays 30 and a half minutes for 17 points, four boards, two assists, a steal, and a block. So, you know, if Diallo is still available in your league, I think if you could take the field goal percentage hit in particular, he's a guy who should be on rosters. But I think Lou Dort's a guy who's probably under-owned in a lot of leagues, and even when SGA comes back, I'd, I'd still take the chance on Lou Dort. I love Lou Dort's game, man. He, Lou Dort is is a is a he owns a home. He 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 was renting, but he just bought in Clamp City. You know what I mean? He got clamps out there, man. That's that's a defender. Okay. I was really impressed by the way he defended LeBron when the Thunder played him over the last uh, couple of games recently. Uh, in particular, that one clip, you know, that went viral. But no, he's he doesn't back down from anybody, and I think you see that a lot from guys who you know have to make their own way. And you know, obviously different circumstance, but Alex Caruso is similar in that way. There's a certain sort of make or model to the G League player who's come up and made his way to stick. Right? There's a certain grit and grind that they carry. Sorry, Memphis, I borrowed that from y'all, but. It is what it is. There's, I, I like that. I think it's a motivator that, you know, a lot of players don't have. Do you guys say grit and grind a lot now because you have Marcus Saul? <laughs> I don't think Lakers fans even know the ter- the the. A lot of Lakers fans don't even know the truest definition of the word grit or grind. Like a lot of people <laughs> who claim to be about it, but they're not actually about it. They just do it for the gram one time. Yeah, man. And look, it's it's just one of those things. It's like. You know, I always ask my students, I say, is your Instagram for you or or is it for everybody else? And I think one of the hardest things that, you know, especially kids go through now, but adults too, right, is that for a lot of people who are uncertain of themselves or their their identities, they're asked to sort of build this online persona that they feel best reflects them while still trying to develop their sense of who they are. It's a really interesting exercise. Like I tell people this, if you go on someone's Instagram and all you see is true happiness all the time, every single day, it's a lie. Okay. Oh yeah. That's man. a fact. Yeah. There's there every everyone goes through problems. Ain't nobody's life just, you know, flowers, roses and, and, and cupcakes, you know what I mean? There, there's most, always something man, out there. Most most people want to highlight, you know, the most memorable or the happiest moments or moments where, you know, they 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 look happy for lack of a better way to say it, but the reality is like you said, that's that's life, man. We all go through ups and downs no matter what. You hope for more ups and downs and you keep it moving either way, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, some things uh are worth doing not everything is worth sharing exactly exactly that's why i only use snapchat people because it goes away the next day okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey so let me ask you this Ethan, before we go on to the game of the night you know what i mean only because you know it's my first time being able to talk to you again i told you this off air i've been listening to you for a while i'm i'm i'm, I'm considering myself a fan of yours you know what i mean Appreciate so that. i want to talk to the lakers with you so that's my game of the night now you know what i mean but let me ask you this. With with OKC, 
Do you think Al Horford's staying there? And if not, do you take a flyer now on a guy like Roby who has proven when he gets the minutes, he's a he's basically a walking double double with some with some defensive stats, right? So would you be grabbing him now knowing that the trade deadline is just around the corner, all-star break is just around the corner, and just seeing what happens with Al Horford, or are you still taking the wait-and-see approach? Well, I think in a uh, in a regular season, I might be a little bit more proactive or a little bit more aggressive, but in this season where you know, you're capped in, in terms of acquisitions on a weekly basis and games played is such an important stat now more so than ever – it makes stashing players so hard to do, especially if they're not going to really produce for your team. So for that reason, I'm still waiting to see. But it's not like he's he's unusable. I mean, at worst, Roby can be a streamer even when Horford is in a lineup against the right matchup, uh, especially given the fact that, you know, over the last handful of games, you know, he's, he's steady producing. The minutes aren't steady. So that's the one thing that you look at for opportunity, right? You look for patterns to be able to project. That's all over the map, so it's hard to project them forward. But like you said, if he gets his... 20 to 25 minutes, eight points, eight rebounds, maybe a steal or a block. It's not great, but it's in the Cody Zeller division of solid, not sexy. Right, right, right. Let me ask you this before we move on again to my game of the night. Which, and I don't really see many trades happening for either of these teams since both of them know exactly where they are in terms of standing. So it's just a trade question I got to ask you, right? Who do you think gets moved first? Because there's a lot of stuff going around about this Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and now you also that's why I'm bringing up Horford in this, right? Like of all these big guys, they all need to find new homes. But I don't know if a lot of teams that are willing to use the cap on it. Who do you think finds a home first? Is it going to be Drummond, Griffin, or Horford? Such a good question because not only do they all come with obviously gargantuan contracts, but they all come with different circumstances, right? What is Al Horford at this point in his career, in particular defensively? Like, where can you put him? It's it's so dependent upon roster construction. With Drummond, you know what he is in, in his words, and Blake is just, he's an albatross, man. I hate to say it. I, I, I think if you're even at all interested in Blake Griffin as another team, you call the Pistons bluff and say, yeah, good luck trading that deal. I'm not saying it's untradeable because we've seen crazy stuff happen. But at the same time, man, good luck, and I call the bluff. I think he's he's more of a buyout candidate. I think it's Drummond just because it tends to be where there's smoke, there's fire sooner. But I think if, if OKC leaked to the media that, hey, Al Horford's on the market, I feel like that would have a chance to get done first if it followed that, that sort of trajectory. The team, I think, is a candidate for all three of these guys. Charlotte Hornets. I think they're the team, and I have a deal. And I want to know if you're taking it as Cleveland. Because okay. I'm making the phone call. And your choice between P.J. Washington or Miles Bridges, you throw him in there, you throw in Cody Zeller, and you throw in, uh, I think it's like Terry Rozier, and you give me Andre Drummond. And it might not even be Rozier. It might even be somebody different. I, I, I had this written down at one point because I, I, I was going to write about it. I, I really think Drummond in Charlotte with – and I, cause yeah, I don't want to get rid of Rozier. It might be Graham. I just think a lineup where it's Hayward, uh, Rozier, and Ball with Drummond down low. I mean, it's it's a playoff team in the East. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's they're they're already a playoff team in the East, right? As is constructed. So I I think yeah. I mean right. I mean I know I know. <laughs> let me rephrase that. On paper, they're a playoff team right. in terms of standings. Right. On paper, in terms of their roster, I go, yeah, not really, okay? So I, I I hear what you're saying. I think Drummond would be a very interesting fit there. I think my hesitancy from the Charlotte side is why am I giving up either Bridges or Washington, who could be parts of my future, for what is probably a short-term rental, right? Like, if you're Charlotte and you make that trade, you're almost saying that, okay, well, we kind of have to resign this guy. I think they would, though. That's what I'm saying, like, well, their best center right now is Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo. So, so okay. So I'd to be honest with you, ugh, I'd rather get rid of Biombo than Zeller in that deal. Yeah, but Zeller's contract. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, fair. Okay. So if you got to include Zeller, I just feel like if you're locking yourselves because Charlotte's problem for so long when they had Kemba was they locked themselves into a certain level of mediocrity, right? Now, obviously, they're going to be better than the Bobcats days. But in terms of LaMelo and Drummond and Gordon Hayward, 
Is that good enough to compete for anything real? And yeah. or does that give you an opportunity to pursue a quote unquote superstar should one become available? Like, is anyone clamoring to play with that group? LaMelo is the key piece there. But Hayward and Drummond? Look, man, I, I, I tell you this right now. P.J. Washington, I think he's a nice player. He's good. I would rather have him over Miles Bridges. But it just seems like Charlotte really seems to be very high on Miles Bridges. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. I really don't see it. But I think Drummond knows his contract after this one is going to be substantially less than what he has right now. But that's fine. Like You, play, you, you trade away these pieces. You're going to re-sign him for 11 mil, 11 and a half mil a year. Right, you still now have all this extra cap space to add the key pieces to make this team even better. And with that said, in the playoffs with Hayward and Drummond and all these pieces, man, defensively they are smart out there in Charlotte. Man, I I love them defensively. I think they're very interesting. They are a big man that can grab offensive boards and help because at, at times what happens is they get beat off that first step and they don't really have anybody that's good weak side or just a big body enough to change shots. I think Drummond or Horford would be perfect. I know a lot of people think Blake Griffin would be good because of Michael Jordan and people think that he's playing uninspired, but like he's still an injury prone player, right? Like Horford's an injury prone player, but the veteran leadership he brings, the the defense, the passing, great. I think Horford or uh, Drummond's big body to walking 2020 he gets you two blocks, two steals a game, and he still runs the floor well. I just think both those guys are huge candidates for Charlotte, and I think there's pieces there that can be traded. No, I, I agree. I think I like the Drummond fit just because of the size more than Horford there. I think that, that makes more sense for them, but I but I agree with you. Look, the reality is you know, 90% at minimum of NBA, of NBA players can get traded, and especially the younger guys. Oftentimes the, the thought of them or the potential of them is better than the reality, right? That's why draft picks are the greatest currency in the league because it's a chance at a chance. It's not the real thing. So, you know, I think there's something to that. And, you know, if you're the Hornets, I, I think it's it's definitely merits a conversation, to say the very least. I think that Raptors rumor that came out that they were talking to Drummond is a little, like, fake news. It was fake. Yeah, it, 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 it didn't really, like, seem... It didn't really... It, well, how would I say it? didn't really smell kosher. I was like... Why? That's yeah. what I was like, I read that and I said, liar, <laughs> liar. I, I, yeah, maybe maybe a subtext at 3 a.m. The next morning you look at it and go, no, no, never mind. I shouldn't have sent that. I think they just meant the stands, like the rafters, you know what I mean? Like up there. That's not. Oh, could be. Yeah, could be. Not, not, not the actual Toronto team. All right, game of the night, man. With my phone sitting at 2%, let's go ahead and run down. <laughs> This, this box score, man. The the Los Angeles Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves one twelve to one hundred four, never giving up the lead in this game. Again, out is Anthony Davis. So LeBron James, man, still hasn't missed a game this season. At least I haven't seen him miss one. Thirty seven minutes, thirty points, thirteen rebounds, and seven assists. The goat, man, one of the greatest of all time in this game. We're we're witnessing history with him. Dennis Schroeder played 32 minutes. He had 24 points, one rebound, three assists, but the best part, those four steals and a block from the point guard position. That was nice to see. And then Marcus Saul tallied 29 minutes and had 11 points and five rebounds. Kuzi Kuz had 26 minutes. He had seven and four. You know, Montrez, man, still didn't start. He only played 18 minutes. Maybe that's just due to the score. He had 17 and six. Ethan, this is your team, man. What are your thoughts? So watching this game first half, obviously very uninspired, was uh, not too thrilled with what I saw overall. Second half was a lot better, and uh, they went on a run late in the fourth quarter to seal the deal. I thought Montrez would play more without AD, uh, not so much a product of the score, but you know he still did his thing in 18 minutes, especially with the steal and the block with, with the 17-6. and six. Uh, I thought THC would play more. I was surprised he only played six minutes in this one, but uh, Markeith Morris wound up playing 18 minutes. And it was Marcus Gasol who wound up playing a lot more, more than anybody else. He played 30 minutes in this game. Now, part of that is because, you know, the Wolves have that size inside with Towns and Vanderbilt and Nas Reed. But I think Marcus Gasol's number is going to get called a little bit more than a lot of people expected without AD in the lineup because he's obviously not what AD is defensively. But in terms of the team concept defensively, you can communicate and is smart. And he is one of the Lakers' best passers, not named LeBron James. 
Here, here's my thoughts on this team, and I and I really want to hear what you think about this. I personally believe that in this moment, you should be fielding trade highs for Montrez Harrell because a the rumors about Anthony Davis kind of scare me. It's an Achilles. He's a big man, and he's skilled. Like the the feet work and the agility he uses to push off those feet and to have an Achilles injury that has him already out for such a long period of time, you already know Montrez is going to slide into minutes. He's not only going to play 15 to 18 to 20 minutes a game, right? You're going to start seeing him hit at least 25 to 30 on most nights, maybe just not against Minnesota. But do you do you agree with me, though, that, that we you should at least be fielding these offers? Because he doesn't do anything defensively, right? He's just a walking double-double, high field goal percentage. I feel like, though, the mindset of most people is Anthony Davis is out, where's Montrez Harrell? And then this is your sell-high moment. This You need a, maybe a game where he just goes off, but this could be your, your moment. Well, I mean, I think a couple of things. So, you know, Montrez doesn't grade out the best defensively in terms of individual metrics, but I think the effort has been there. I don't think the Lakers should be or are averse to anything. Right, I don't think they'll ever hang up the phone on somebody that uh, unless they call about LeBron or AD. But outside of that, I think they'll always listen and have a conversation. I think the complicating factor is, you know, I'm at, Montrez I'm at fantasy wise, not real life though. Oh, oh, you talking fantasy wise? Sure, <laughs> you can, sure. That makes this question that makes this question a lot easier. I thought you were talking about reality. No, man, no. Montrez yeah. is a key yeah. piece. Y'all just signed him. Yeah. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, thank God. Okay. So it, you look, thought I was crazy. I saw your eyes when I was asking you that question. I was like, wonder why you're rolling your eyes. I was like, you don't think so? Like, I thought you were no, going to say no. Because I, I, was, I, was, I was analyzing it in the context of reality because nobody had asked me that question. So what I was going to say there is, you know, that things can never be off the table, but probably not. That said, in fantasy, sure. I mean, I think you could always entertain that idea. Uh, I think the idea of Montrez Harrell, right, without AD in the lineup, people are going to sort of be uh, conflating his value a little bit. So I, I think it's a possibility, but if you're on the other end of that trade, right? Like if if we're if we're in a league together, and I want to trade you Montrez Harrell, what what are you going to give up? Like, are you are you really going to give up something that's better than Montrez Harrell to get Montrez Harrell right now? So I think that that the idea of the sell high is often better than the implementable reality. I'll tell you this right now. Like I think this is my personal opinion. I think you offer Montrez Harrell. For like a drumming straight up while he's sitting. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you you could, and that's that could get a conversation going. But I just at the same time, I just feel like it it, it also is going to be so dependent upon the team position, right? Like before tonight's game, to bring it back to this game, would you if you had Anthony Edwards, would you have traded me Anthony Edwards for Montrezl Harrell? Oh man, dude, probably. Yeah, no, right? no, no, no joke. Okay. I probably would. And that, and now after tonight, Anthony Edwards had 28-7-5 in this game with a steal. Are you trading me Anthony Edwards from Montrez Harrell? Yeah, me personally, yeah, I am, though. Like, no joke. Right? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. But most people, after they see that, probably go, oh, maybe not, right? Because they want to keep Anthony Edwards to see what he's capable of doing. 28 points against the Lakers, right, if, if, you, if you're if you riding with him to this point. So I just I feel like, you know, what you're going to get back from Montrez is – is not maybe not what some expect, but yeah, I think it's it's certainly an idea somebody could entertain. Sure, I would trade Anthony Edwards straight up for Montrezl Harrell after a game like this, mainly just due to the fact that I believe, and we're gonna start talking about them. And Ethan, I'm gonna need you to read down the Minnesota box score after this because my phone died. <laughs> but my my thought on on this Minnesota team, what scares me, is that I think they're gonna sit him at the end of game like at, at the end of the season they have to lose right if their pick is not in the top three it goes to the warriors right so if it's four or or worse it's it, they don't even get a pick so they're gonna want to lose games yeah i mean look it's a fair point i think when, when you when you look at this team you, you have to consider that, right? I know I've been getting a lot of questions of this Carl Anthony Towns a shutdown candidate, for example. Yes. So I think you have to consider that with with all their players. It's one of the reasons for me that I would rather just not be involved in the headache that is Minnesota for for various reasons. You know, outside of Anthony Edwards tonight, obviously twenty eight seven and five, like we said, 
Jared Vanderbilt played 29 minutes in this game, four points, 13 rebounds, and a couple of steals. I know a lot of people have been waiting for him to come through. I've moved on from the Jared Vanderbilt train. Hopefully he doesn't come back to bite me in the ass, but, you know, say la vie if it does. Carl Anthony Towns, only 15 points in this one, six rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Obviously not what you're looking for if you've been waiting for him. Malik Malik Beasley, that was a mouthful. 11 points, two rebounds, assists, and a steal. Same thing, not what you're looking for. Ricky Rubio is going to play more with D'Angelo Russell out at least four to six weeks following surgery. So 13 points, four rebounds, eight assists for him. Not a huge Ricky Rubio guy. I don't think I ever will be. But I got to tell you, I am intrigued, my friend, on Jordan McLaughlin. 19 and a half minutes in this one. 13 points, two rebounds, four assists, two steals. I think he's a guy who should be added in fantasy leagues. He's, he's, he's a thinker, right? And I'll be honest. I've. I've got a sense that that Ricky Rubio could be moved, right? Like, and, and, and I think they're I think the writing's on the wall, anyways. Like, you don't have to be an insider to just see it. Like, he's he he he's gone, and that just opens the door for McLaughlin. And I think, I think he showed promise, man. Like, he the way he views the floor, I think, is interesting. He's he's sloppy still at this point, but. He still views it like wide, like he moves. He never stops his dribble. He's constantly moving, even without the basketball. I, I think I'm he's gonna, a really good player. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on his game because I've, I've watched very limited sample size of Minnesota basketball this year, partially by choice, might I add. But in terms of tonight's game against the Lakers, when Ricky Rubio was on the floor, I really didn't even notice him a lot of the time out there, despite the final line he wound up with. When McLaughlin was out there, seem to always be involved in something. And I agree that Ricky Rubio is not long for this team one way or another, despite the whole nice reunion story. I think McLaughlin is a guy who should be picked up in pretty much any fantasy league, especially if it's deeper than 12 teams. I just don't know where Ricky Rubio would go. That's like the big thing. It's like there's no there's no. He's, he's, he's another guy for me. If he were just a little bit of a more reliable three-point shooter, he's a guy who I'd look at to the Clippers and say that could be an interesting possibility as well. I feel like the Clippers need a point guard. That's why I keep bringing them up. Yeah. Their best point guard right now is Reggie Jackson. Yeah. And no disrespect not- to Pat Bev. Like, you're good, but, like, you're – I mean, you're good, but you're, 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 you're the voice. Like, you're, you're the heart of the team, but you ain't, you ain't the point guard of the team. You know what I mean? Like, I think Ricky yeah. Rubio, even as is, would be a really good fit there. I just don't know what they would give up. Who would you rather have, Lou Will or Ricky Rubio? Oof, that's such a tough question. Uh, I'd rather have I'd rather have the will. I hate to say it. On that team, though, no, on that team, though. Oh, for that team specifically, yeah. If I were very confident that Luke Kennard would be healthy and there would be no issues, and he could produce off the bench consistently, then I'd rather have Ricky Rubio. But you know, Luke Kennard's not consistent enough to be there, man. That's my concern. Yeah. That's that's the thing, man. Like, there's teams that could use a point guard. Like, Orlando can use a point guard. I mean, Fultz is going to be out for a minute, right? Like, they can use a point guard. Cole Anthony looks like he's going to be out too, right? So he, he can be out. But I want to talk to you about the Lakers because I only have a four, four more minutes left to really do it. So I'm going to try and get these questions in because I've been dying to ask Lakers fans this. Do you we really got, think? We got one more game after this too. Oh, we got another game? One more. Raptors Bucks, baby. Oh God! Oh, well, guess what? I this show has been sponsored by B Dubs. It gave me the energy to do this show. Told you I was gonna throw that in there at some point. Do you do you even really think the Lakers are are gonna be repeating this year? Honestly, looking at everything, looking at the full scope now, we've seen a few games. We know how they're gonna play. We know how other teams are gonna play. But let's just assume Anthony Davis is healthy. Anthony Davis comes back and does eighty things. Is it a repeat? I think I think it can be sure. I I, I mean, look, but do you there, believe it? I felt extremely confident last season that the Lakers were going to win the title. In particular, and tragically, after Kobe's passing, I doubled down on that stance because I felt there was just the the basketball gods had a lot. Okay, for lack of a better way to say it, this season I think you're seeing a Lakers team that has really. And completely redone the roster for the most part around LeBron James and AD. And now with AD missing time, it's it's going to take additional work to develop that continuity. All things considered, 
There is not a team in the Western Conference that I look at and say, in a four out of seven series, I'd have a hard time picking the Lakers. Yeah, I, I, I'll just be honest. I think, I think the thing goes out east this year. I, I know they keep screwing me with my money. You know what? That's fine. I got a long-term bet. I, I'm like an investor. I'm in the stock market. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you guys will see that I start school on March 8th, and I'm going to pass my Series 7 and my Series 63 exam. Check me out right there. there I, think the, I think the Milwaukee Bucks has taken home this chip this year. Let me tell you uh-huh. that right now. If Drew okay. Holiday stays his way, Milwaukee. Well, that's, a, that's a great segue into the game because Milwaukee lost again this evening, 124-113 to the Toronto Raptors. On Toronto's side, it was FVV coming through with 33 points, four rebounds, seven assists, two steals. Kyle Lowry did exit this game early, but not before he put up numbers. 18 points, six rebounds, six assists. Left with an ankle injury, came back, departed again, was ruled out. So you got to keep an eye on that. He may miss some time. In the event he does, FVV is going to continue to pop off, and that's probably good news for Norm Powell, who played 34 and a half minutes in this game. But he only had 11, 3, and 3 with one steal and one three. So a little bit more from him. Pascal Siakam, who's been really up and down this year, came through in a major way, 23 and 13 for him with six dimes and two threes in his 39 minutes. Chris Boucher off the bench, 30 minutes, 14 points, six rebounds. You love to see the five blocks, but you really love to see the four threes from Chris Boucher. I think that's what stuck out to me most on Toronto's side. Yeah, I, I, the ankle thing for Lowry kind of scared me a little bit because, you know, everything, everything, and I guess you can dang near call this show the trade discussion show because that's all we've really been talking about. The rumors around Lowry and now this ankle injury kind of like puts up some red flags because I think they're going to be very cautious with him. I think he could be out for a while just because they want to make sure he's healthy at the trade deadline. He's already sold his house, you know what I mean, out there in Toronto. It just signs are pointing that way. And you're right. I mean, Pascal's kind of been inconsistent. This whole rumor about them possibly needing a center is there, although I think they they should just really double down on Boucher. I think Boucher has shown real promise. I don't know why he's not starting. I know I get the Baines thing, but Boucher should be starting. Baines is a glorified backup anyways. It don't make yeah, sense. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't, get, I don't get the Baines thing at all. But Baines, you know what? Baines didn't start in this one either. They went, they went small. They put Ananobi at the four, and they put Siakam at the five. Baines only played 17 and a half minutes in this one, so I like seeing Boucher with twice the amount of playing time. That's how it should be. And Baines should really just be an insurance policy anyway. And I think, look, when you, when you look at uh, Milwaukee's side in this game, Chris Middleton had a weirdly off night. 11.7 rebounds, no assists, only eight shot attempts. So quiet night for Middleton, although he did chip in two steals. Giannis Tenacumpo was just absolutely ridiculous. 34 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, five steals, two blocks, two threes, and a much better 10 of 14 from the foul line. Obviously not where you want it to be, but much, much better than what we've seen. Dante DiVincenzo continues to stay relevant. 12 points, eight assists for him in his 32 minutes. In addition, he only hit one of his eight threes. But Bryn Forbes continues to be in the starting lineup, and that's less than ideal because Drew Holiday is out. 11 points, two rebounds, and zero assists for Mr. Forbes. Pat Connaughton with 20 points, five rebounds, and three big blocks off the bench from Milwaukee. Four threes from him. Is he guy you're rushing to pick up? Pat Connington? Con- yeah. 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 I always say Connaughton. It sounds more fun. The way you say it makes it sound. Have you ever seen the movie Dodgeball? Yeah. You sound like that guy. Back to you, Cotton. <laughs> this is ridiculous. We've been doing this for almost an hour and a half, guys. Look, we might be in the California time zone, but we both, we both do it all day long, too, so we're allowed to have our moments. Right. right. <laughs> now that's all I'm thinking about is that moment where he's sitting at the desk. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go rush to pick up Connington. Connington's been good, though, like, I feel like him and, and, and White Dante play the exact same way. You know what I mean? They hustle. They do exactly what they need to do to stay on the court. I love that Shaq was surprised that Connington can dunk, and I don't even know why. The man got hops. I feel like he needs to be on a different team, though. I think Connington needs to be on a different team. I think, I don't know, man. I, I want to see more Augustine. Can I be honest? Like, I don't get why the Bryn Forbes is starting. Like, I get it, but I don't get it. I mean, he's Spursian, 
See, I told you I'd bring that word back too. Look at me go. He's Spursian, but I I like I think DJ Augustine's a better fit in that unit. So Augustine has six assists in his uh, 15 minutes in this one. He was actually a plus two. I know plus minus isn't everybody's favorite stat, but he was plus two. Forbes was minus 11 in his 25 and a half minutes. I agree with you. If you're going to give DJ Augustine a three-year, 20-plus million dollar deal and Drew Holiday's going to be out of the lineup, why aren't you starting? Duke can get you steals. He can get you threes. And he guess what? He doesn't even like to have the ball in his hands. He wants to give it to his best players. That's the player you need. If he's, he's already – Bryn Forbes and him are dang near the same size. So you're not doing a size advantage. They both can shoot. If I want a knockdown shooter that can just – grab and shoot. I'll put Brim Forbes on the bench and I'm starting DJ. You know what I mean? That, that's the only thing. And look, I didn't even have a box score and I could already tell you just by looking at you that DJ obviously had a better game. I can't even see it. My phone died. No, I mean, look, I think that's, you know, the Bucks might, might if Drew Holiday is forced to miss additional time, be, you know, beyond tonight, then I think the Bucks, they, that's something they could consider, especially as they look to move on from this losing streak. So we shall see how it shakes out. And with that, we have finally reach the end of tonight's slate of action a lot of good games this evening nothing to complain about on this side especially with the way brooklyn phoenix ended yeah we got to we got to hang out for a minute i'll basically watch a game together that was actually pretty cool uh thank you guys all for listening this has been a hoop-ball.com presentation ethan before i let you go be sure to remind the fans where they can find you online what you got coming up and uh everything like that appreciate that man well we just recorded I should say, I just recorded a brand new Hoopball Lakers podcast. So, of course, you can listen to all the new episodes at Hoopball Lakers. You can find me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff for basketball musings, Mets thoughts, and general opinions of all types of things at Ethan underscore Noroff. Follow that man at Ethan underscore Noroff on all social media platforms, but mainly just Twitter. You guys can follow me. I was Vince Miracle. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at vm center again this has been a hoop-ball.com presentation this show is sponsored by mybookie.ag so everyone go on mybookie.ag and be sure to use promo code hoopball that's h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l and they will match up to five hundred dollars of your very first deposit also after doing that be sure to reach out to dan bespris that's at dan bespris on twitter and he's going to give you another prize which he just says is like he just says some random word every single time makes no sense but it works and so all I know is that it's something big and it's something that you guys really want to do. You guys can hear me every single week on the Today in Sports Betting show here on this podcasting network. Again, rate, review, subscribe. Ethan, this has been fun. We've went a little long. Hopefully, Dan does not get mad at me. You guys will have Mr. Jolly back on the next one, and I will be here moving forward. So until next time, guys, bye-bye. We out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.